With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Today on the James Altucher Show. To run for president is the most humiliating thing you can ever do because everything that happens to you is criticism. Everything. Oh, believe me, I've done more humiliating things, but uh, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's the same thing I would tell any candidate that asked me. Because, in fact, I was meeting with um, a celebrity guy who wanted to run for office recently. And I, and I said, I don't think it's going to work. And he's like, why not? And I said, because in order to be effective, you have to have money. What You know, the golden rule, the one with the gold makes the rules, right? Uh, you have to raise money. 90% of your time as an office holder, you got to raise money. Yeah. 90. People have this uh, romantic vision that they're going to run for office. And I know you, you know, ran, but like traditional running for politics, right? right? Is, you, oh, I'm going to go out there and I get to talk about my issues. No, no, you don't. No, you get to sit in a, in a small room with a phone in front of you, making calls 24-7, asking people for money. It's humiliating. It's not fun. And it's really, really hard work. And the ones that grind it out and say, I don't care, I'll do whatever it takes to win, those are the ones that win. It's the candidates that go, I'm going to go knock on every door in my district. So you, so you thought you felt uh, your sense was that this celebrity you were talking to wouldn't be able to put his full heart into it, into raising money, into not no, every door. No, I typically try to talk anybody that says to me they want to run. I talk them out of it. And there's no exceptions. Like there's nobody who's just so popular yeah, from yeah, being like Bloomberg. a war. He doesn't have to raise money. But like, okay, uh, what about like a John McCain when he first ran in Arizona? Was he such a war hero? Oh, but well, he had his helps. wife's money too. His his, his wife yeah, had like but several it helps, million. But he also had to raise a lot of money. Yeah. But 99% of candidates don't have that kind of brand. Yeah. You know, they just don't have a brand. And again, I'm not political. I, I know. Again. Actually, and this is true. We've had a lot of political conversations. You really are not political. You're just totally fascinated by the game. So excited for this podcast because lately I've gotten really into the like everybody else in the country, really. I can't just say me, but everybody's into the election. It's just, it's kind of a fascinating race. But I have with me our old friend of the podcast, Phil Stutz, author of Fire Them Now. Also, he has been he, he, he's involved in the online campaigning, digital marketing, online data profiling for many many elections, including three winning presidential elections, including uh, being involved in some target state wins for Trump, who, 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 who obviously won the presidency. Plus you've been involved in many governor races, other races and so on. Don't no matter. I, I don't care what side of pol- politically anybody's on. This is all just about 
strategy, games, marketing. You handle both Republicans and Democrats. We're going to talk about the presidential race. And you, uh, so first off, Phil, before I continue the intro, hello. Hey, <laughs> welcome back. back. Yeah. Uh, I just want to mention one thing. In back in September, early September, you were on the podcast. We might have even done the interview in August. And this was long before the Iowa caucus. A, a young mayor by the name of Pete Buttigieg was in fourth or fifth place then, at least behind Biden, um, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. I don't know who, who else. Then maybe it was Buttigieg. And you said to me on that podcast, you said Buttigieg was going to win or had the highest chance of winning. And you explained why. And you explained the data and the statistics and the history. And so I went on a prediction market. Uh, where you're allowed to bet on the outcomes. Yeah. Like these prediction markets are amazing. Like I've bet on the outcomes of Brexit. I've bet on how many tweets Donald Trump will do in a particular month. But I, I went all in on Pete Buttigieg winning Iowa. Yeah. And man, that was, it was great. Like I'm one of the, they, they have a ranking of predictors. I'm like one of the top predictors now just because of that one bet. Yeah, cool. So, and Bloomberg's helped me out a little too. Right. Because I went inappropriately too much on Bloomberg mm. and he just he just won out of I mean not one I've actually pulled that bet off completely fortunately yeah. but there was a brief period a couple of weeks ago where the media was declaring him a winner until the recent debate right and so I I popped on that one and that helped but uh thank you for the mayor I, I owe you a really good steak dinner <laughs> on that one uh and so all right where are you seeing right now here we are what's what's the day today it's February 25th South Carolina yeah. debates tonight um, yeah. South Carolina elections this weekend. This weekend, and then what's and then you have a, a bunch of states Super on Tuesday. Tuesday's coming up. Yeah. yeah, is that this coming no, Tuesday it's or the, the week first, after? Uh, March second, whatever that Tuesday is. So, so just to say where we're at, like Bernie Sanders has won in. Uh, he he got all together. He's got the most delegates after Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada, which is sort of meaningless, right? You need nineteen hundred delegates to win, and he's got twenty six or something. Yeah. But why? Why are the newspapers kind of saying, "Oh, he's." Yeah, it's, he's unstoppable now. He's only got 26 out of 1900. So you and Robin and I had this conversation like in December when you were asking me about Bloomberg and I said, I didn't think he had a shot. And you said, why? I said, well, the model is Giuliani kind of tried to do this in 2008, skip the early states and run in Florida and win Florida, right? Now, way different money situation going on. Like Bloomberg's got more, has spent more money than probably anybody in the history of American- Over 400 million Political now. primaries, right? Um, so that's a little different than what Giuliani, but the model is this, the media controls so much of the race. And so they, you know, Iowa, if it, it was going to have a different narrative, had this, but the whole state got blown up because of they, the Democrats couldn't run their own, their own caucus. Right. So even though like Buttigieg won technically by like a very few number of votes, Bernie ended up getting more delegates. It was a whole wash in the media. Like that could have been a huge launching pad for Buttigieg, and it it didn't. It wasn't right because of the screw up in in Iowa. And and, and I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'll, yeah. I'll, I have a few questions. So didn't this is what I don't understand? The new software they were using to count the votes it was called Shadow, which is such a dumb name for <laughs> a, a political software. It's like really poor branding. But there was also I saw some news story where. Mayor Pete's organization and even Hillary Clinton's organization helped fund the development of this software. Is that yeah. true or was that? Yeah, I mean, up? that's that that has been reported as, as true. Listen, in 2004 on the Bush reelection campaign, I was running the Get Out the Vote program and we had a database kind of 
it was on a Palm Pilot back then. But basically, we were supposed to get reported numbers back from polling precincts. They'd be uploaded, and then we could track the voting going on in real time in target states. And then we'd be able to deploy assets all throughout the day, and that the whole thing crashed, right? It didn't work. And we were like, why didn't it work? And then in 2012, Romney tried this. It's called Orca. They had this app that they were going to use. Who's and, naming these software and it, packages, it by the way? completely blew up and crashed, right? Here's why. And this thing crashed in Iowa. Because people that vote are old. They don't want to look at, they don't even look at, they have flip phones still. And they're supposed to be trained. If they're going to be trained to use these kind of data mechanisms, these apps that report numbers, they need to be trained over a six-month period every single week because it's so difficult for them. Instead, some people didn't even get any training, and the whole thing exploded because the people weren't trained to put this thing in the, in the database. Not only did the app like apparently not work, people weren't trained to utilize the app properly. So as a sidebar to what your original question is, is like you, old people are the ones involved on the ground on election day. I'm, I'm for primaries. For, for any kind of election. Really? It's okay. just what it is. Old people vote, young people don't. I don't care what you tell me about all the Bernie bros or, you know, people said uh, the youth vote was going to turn out for Obama. It was a, like, mi minuscule uptick, right? It just doesn't happen, right? So just keep that in mind. But to go back to your question, right, so there was no momentum for Buttigieg out of the primary. Actually, Bernie probably got more momentum and he went in New Hampshire and then New Hampshire. So what happened when Bernie won New Hampshire is, oh my goodness, he's won more delegates in two states in a row. So the media is going to control the narrative. He just took the Northeast. He just took the working class white voters. Oh my God. Now we're going to go to Nevada. And the Nevada is going to be unions and Hispanics, right? That's the big Nevada vote. And it's so now Bernie has won the union vote and he's won a lot of the Hispanic vote in Nevada. Now the media narrative is, oh my God, he's got the minority votes. He's got the union votes. He's got the white working votes. This is Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Bloomberg's still sitting back there not being able, no, no one's talking about him. Well, well, it's and, funny because- And then the debate, it, it, like it was his one chance to get back in the media narrative. And here's what happens in those debates. You got a billionaire who has a billionaire's ego. He it, To run for president is the most humiliating thing you can ever do because all you're done, everything that happens to you is criticism. Everything. Oh, believe me, I've done more humiliating things, but, but uh, go ahead. No doubt. <laughs> and I understand that he's mayor and he got criticized a lot, but on that debate stage, think about this. Pete Buttigieg was attacking Mayor Bloomberg, Right. Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of a, hundred, a city of 100,000, I think he ended up, I, I, I don't know this number, but something like, in order to win, he ended up getting like 12,000 votes or something like that, right? right? It's the fourth largest city in Indiana. Right. But it <laughs> and was he like, lost for a statewide election. He has 100,000 in the city, you know, 50% of them don't vote. You know, he went to, like, he had 12,000 votes to win. Right. Right. Bloomberg is running like one of the big was running one of the biggest economies in the world. Yeah, three terms, by the uh, way, which... And he's getting attacked by this guy, you know? Yeah. Like, your ego is like, what? Like, you're so shell-shot that someone would attack you because not only are you uh, one of the richest men in the world, you've been a mayor of New York. Like, so Mayor P might disappear after this election. No, he'll stick around. The reason... No, I mean disappear like Bloomberg will take care of him. You you dared insult me on the debate stage? No, because he's irrelevant now. Um, Buttigieg is out. It's over, right? Warren, it's out. It's over. Why is Warren out? 
who, who her voting base is Bernie voters. I know. So she had to win the one-on-one battle with Bernie. So somehow, like I thought, New Hampshire would be battleground between Sanders and Warren because she's Massachusetts. Right. He's Vermont. They're right Which next was to New why Hampshire. She's yeah, she's out because because it's signaled that she can't even control her her backyard. But like I thought, it would be a little closer between her and Bernie in New Hampshire, but it just wasn't. Well, there's another internal. This is it is all inside baseball, but I, it's yeah, pretty fun. That's why we're here. So uh, like, I don't even like baseball. So like two weeks ago, Warren withdrew all her ads out of South Carolina. Like she she had planned to buy millions of dollars worth of ads in South Carolina, and she pulled all of them, and she put them into Nevada and Super Tuesday states. So that tells me, oh, she knows she's going to lose. So she's out in South Carolina now, right? This, this is, is the, like a Hail Mary pass. Like she just took, it's not even a Hail Mary pass. She pulled all of her ads. She's not running ads in South Carolina. She said, I concede without saying it. So then she put ads and she transferred that money into the Nevada caucus and then to Super Tuesday primaries. Well, she got killed in Nevada. She didn't even get double digits. So she's not even getting delegates out of Nevada. So- like, there's no pathway for her. There's no pathway for her. There's no pathway for Buttigieg. The only reason they're staying in is, man, it's, you have a pretty good platform when you're running for president. And then you, the second, like, look at Andrew Yang. Well, no one's talking about him anymore. Yeah. And so it's hard. So really, South Carolina is going to come down to Biden or Bernie. That's it. Okay. This, I, I, gosh, there's so many questions now. Uh, so many things to unpack. So first off, I feel like before that debate with Bloomberg where uh, Elizabeth Warren tore, tore him apart mm-hmm. and it was on all the media everywhere, I feel like the media was, even though Sanders had won Iowa and New Hampshire by that point, the media and the Democratic establishment was so afraid of Sanders getting the nomination or is so afraid yes. that they were kind of declaring Bloomberg the winner. I mean, they were debating who should be Bloomberg's VP nominee. They were saying, should it be Hillary Clinton? Nobody, they weren't saying that about Sanders. Like I, and I kept trying to think just again, whether or not it doesn't matter who you like, I was just trying to think from a game point of view, why were they doing that? Yes. Bloomberg's got an advantage on money, of course, but why were they automatically defaulting to him as if he was the winner? Not even saying Sanders. Bloomberg? Yeah. Like I I felt like the New York post was kind of really building him up. No, I, 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 I would just say, I, disagree bloomberg got annihilated in the press in the polling he got crushed in internal polling so internal polling versus uh outside polling so like media polling stuff like that i don't pay attention to that stuff yeah i pay attention into what's being reported from inside the campaigns because that's the winner die mentality if you're polling if i'm a pollster in bloomberg's campaign i'm either right or i'm out of business but but isn't internal polling though a way of campaigning as well so so when i call you up i i'll I'll ask the questions so that you kind of lean towards Bloomberg. Um, well, that doesn't really help if you're trying to determine how you're going to win. So I feel like there's two types of polling within campaigns. There's one where you, it's really campaigning. You're calling, you're, right, that's called push polling, right? Okay. So you may want to do that because you want to get a press release out to say you're winning the race, right? right? That definitely happens, by the way. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like we're trying to gauge where our vulnerabilities are. How do you get the internal polling? Well, you... You have a we have a poll we have polling firms that we work with and we do a poll for the candidate and then we deliver the results to the candidate that doesn't go public. So how do I get it? Oh, because it gets now people in the campaign are just just people in politics are the worst people in the world, right? So they just leak it. Like everybody leaks everything. I don't understand. Even if like, their candidates I'm, losing? I, even in the like Trump administration, people just leak everything. And like it is such an, an anathema to me because 
I would never like, I'm maybe it's just, I'm a loyal, I've never leaked, I've never leaked in 25 years of politics. I've never leaked anything to any press, any time. I'm, I'm a loyal like soldier to the people we work with. But, um, but the polling went really bad for the burn. Everybody harped on Warren and said, Oh my God, Warren, she got him. She got him. You know, it was this great media narrative. It didn't move her numbers at all. In fact, and did it change his numbers? It changed Bloomberg's numbers. He went down. Bernie mm -hmm. went up. Warren also either stayed stagnant or went down. The media didn't report it that way. The media was so excited because they liked the fight that sells more newspaper and more ad dollars. Don't forget, that's the whole reason for this, right? In the media. But, but ultimately, people saw Warren and it grated on them, voters. It grates really? on them. Yes. Because it, it's... Now, I, again, I always have to keep repeating this. I'm not going to repeat it anymore, but I'm not, this is not political or anything. Yeah, 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 me. I, I, I don't really know even a little, I know Bernie Sanders' issues and we could discuss them. I actually don't really know Warren's issues, although I imagine they're similar to Sanders. Yeah. But it seemed to me her attack on Bloomberg showed her to be an effective brute, which is what you need to be to be president of the United States sure. a little bit. Her, it, her it's over though. It's over for her. And so you're you're saying her internal polling must show her as coming in dead last in South Carolina, and no, she won't be dead last. But she's gonna you you have to hit a threshold in order to get delegates. Yeah, she has no delegates, or very minimal delegates to this point, and there's no path for her to get delegates. Here's the thing, unless something like I could see Biden winning the South Carolina primary barely, barely beating Bernie, and then the media is going to you trust me on this, the media is going to go. Biden's back, the comeback kid, he's back. And then Super Tuesday, it's all gonna be about Biden, which is gonna help Biden, right? And that's gonna hurt Bloomberg. Um, and But right now, Bernie's probably gonna pick up more delegates on Super Tuesday than anybody else. And Even more than Bloomberg? Bloomberg's gonna yes. probably spend another 600 yeah. million between now yeah. and Super Look, Tuesday. Don't forget, I, I said this in the last podcast, I said it again. There's a, this isn't totally perfect, but, Bloom, or, but Bernie's has a ceiling and it's also his floor. Like he's got this constant support that can't be moved, right? Like there are just a certain number of, of primary voters out there that are gonna all in for, for Bernie. They don't care what he says, what he does. And by the way, we've seen this before. Look at what happened four years ago with Trump. You, you had all these candidates like uh, Rubio and Christie and Cruz, and they're screaming, hollering, and they're like, you know, uh, Rubio wins Minnesota and Cruz wins Iowa, but ultimately, they couldn't get past the fact that Trump's people weren't going to move. They weren't moving to someone else. And they kept splitting all the vote. But Trump's numbers stayed the same. It's the ex almost the, it's crazy how weirdly it's exactly the same it is, including the fact that at this point four years ago, Chris Christie in a debate cut off the legs of Marco Rubio when he should have gone after Trump. Hmm. But he killed Rubio because they both Cruz and Rubio and Christie all said they trying to get into a one-on-one -on -one matchup with Trump because that's where they thought they could win. Mm. But no one dropped out of the race. So they kept splitting all the vote and Trump had the highest percentage. What's the same thing going on now? The Democratic, a lot of the Democratic Party is like screaming for Buttigieg and Warren to get out. But they're like, no, we're not getting out. So and they're gonna split with, with the, the vote on a lot of different levels. And that hurts Bloomberg's chances because a one-on-one -on -one match with Bloomberg and Bernie probably would be very beneficial to Bloomberg. But unless everybody gets out, that's just not going to happen. What if, and you know, there's speculation that Obama might uh, say, hey, everybody except X, and he picks his X. 
uh, everybody get out uh, so that the Democratic Party has a chance. Yeah, would would I, people follow him? I say that there is a 99% chance that's not going to happen because he is never going to expend his political capital ego. Right, because he's so far his above leverage. it all. He's got, why would he put any leverage yeah. behind this? Right, like he doesn't care anymore. It doesn't matter to him. So, um, so, so okay, Elizabeth Warren, I feel like there was kind of the one-on-one -on -one battle for the sort of semi-socialist mm -hmm. alt-left people. There was a battle between Warren and Sanders. You're saying Sanders has won. You know, the the, the events of these caucuses and, and primaries have shown that Elizabeth right. Warren just really couldn't compete on that level. Um, is a reason that there's that uh, Warren and Buttigieg are still in the race? I would say it might be twofold. Like you said, they get a platform so they can keep talking, right? They can keep showing up at the debates. Also, probably the longer they stay in the election, the more money there is for them on the backside. Like if Pete Buttigieg decides to be an analyst for or have his own TV show for MSNBC, some multi-million dollar deal, or if he gets and, a book deal absolutely. or a Netflix deal. I mean, this is I mean, the media crushed Republicans four years ago because they said that's why a lot of these guys run for office is to get their TV contracts, right? And then what happens when Andrew Yang gets out? He becomes a TV, he gets a contract with CNN, right? So... But you don't hear that same criticism, right? So, but that's exactly what it is. But here's the thing. What is Buttigieg going to do when he's off the national stage? Go back and be mayor in 100,000 town? That ego isn't going to handle no, that. No, he's got, he's got, all these people have raised money too, right? right. So they have kind of uh, some political clout because they could use that money for either a next election or. Well, they're all positioning themselves right now to be VP. Right. So that's the other reason I was going to ask. Is, is that a reason why they stay in? Because that could cause that could go against them if they get zero votes in every state. Uh, how how convincing is it to make them a VP? Although I guess Obama did it with Biden in two thousand eight. Right. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, I, that's why they're in. Clinton right did that with Gore in nineteen ninety two. Yep. Gore yep. ran. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, with Mayor Pete though, again, I'm not sure what all like like or with Elizabeth Warren. Why is she pouring money now into Super Tuesday states? Why doesn't she kind of like hoard the money a little bit? So that she could just stay in for as long as possible, and not spend the money because well, the money might be used for political clout. Because it's she, it the pressure will be so great on her if after Super Tuesday she hasn't done anything significant. Like it'll be overwhelming; she'll drop out. My prediction is underwhelming performances in Super Tuesday eliminate Warren and Buttigieg. So then it'd be Biden. Bloomberg and Bernie, the bees, the old bees. And what about the literally? Think about that, old septuagenarian white guys on top of the ticket for the Democratic Party. Yeah, I mean, uh, what was the what was? Isn't there a saying? Wasn't there a saying change with the word change in it? Didn't the Democrats have a saying like uh, the audacity <laughs> of change? I can't I can't remember now. There there was some I thought it was some Obama quote about change. What was it? See. Wasn't there hope and change? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, that's their hope and, and change. And again, I'm not political. I, I know. Again. You, actually, and this is true. We've had a lot of political conversations. You really are not political. You're just totally fascinated by the game. Yeah. I right. mean, I got closest when with, with some of Yang's stuff, but then I got disappointed in Yang's performance in the debates, and right. I don't like didn't like the way he was. Yang, did, Yang or, Bern, or uh, Bloomberg pulled a Yang. He just sat there silently and took it. The other yeah, day in, that, in that debate. Well, and I think I think the great thing about Yang is is that he had a base that was probably more excited. If you measure a level of excitement, mm -hmm. the average excitement of the Yang gang was probably higher than anyone else's. It was just a small base. Mm, yeah. Well, maybe Bernie's. Maybe Bernie's too. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, okay, so what's Okay, so you were going to say, though, 
Giuliani, you know, Bloomberg's trying to pull Giuliani with right. his campaign for right. Super Tuesday. It didn't work for Giuliani because by the time, this is in 2008. The media has created the narrative that Bernie's won Hispanics, that Bernie's, uh, let's say it's South Carolina. Let's go to South Carolina. Yeah. Most, right now, it's literally neck and neck. Biden has fallen down. I think 61% of the primary in South Carolina is African-American. Biden way overperforms with African-Americans, right? But if Bernie were to finish close second or first, then it's Bernie has enough of the African-American vote. He already is going to get credit for taking the Hispanic vote in Nevada. He gets credit for taking the labor vote in Nevada. He gets credit for taking the progressive uh, white liberals in Iowa for virtually finishing, I mean, in a tie for first with Buttigieg. Um, in the working class uh, white voters in New Hampshire, he'll get credit for. That's the that's what the media is going to report. The media also is going to report on, you know, they want to report on the fight and the, and, you know, they're more involved in the process and things like that. But that's the narrative. So when the time that Bloomberg finally gets on the ballot, which is Super Tuesday, there is this one month long narrative about Bernie and people have locked in on Bernie. And well, I'm telling you, like primary voters in these Super Tuesday say people like being with the winner. This well, but, is what happened with Trump. Again, there it's crazy how similar this is. And we I lived that whole thing. So because we did work at the time, we start, we had a lot of candidates in 2016. We started out with Bobby Jindal. Then we ended up doing uh, super PAC work for Ted Cruz in Iowa when he won Iowa. Then we ended up uh, firewalling our company and doing some work for Marco Rubio in Minnesota. He won Minnesota. Um, and then we ended up doing super PAC work for Trump after the nomination was won. Uh, we did two super PACs. So uh, we were involved heavily in the primary and through the general. And I've seen this. This is, it's crazy how similar this is. Like, I don't understand why the media doesn't look back and say, we've seen this before, you know, but they don't want to. They want to talk about the fight. Uh, they want to talk about, you know, and then then you've got a part of the media that is naturally liberal, but they go, oh my God, Bernie will get crushed against Trump. So they're all of a sudden pulling back and trying to pump Bloomberg to a certain extent. Yeah, I feel like because Bloomberg hasn't been tested really. Correct. Uh, well, Except I would say in the debate. debates, yeah. <laughs> but before, this is what I'm saying. Before that debate, I think there was a lot more positive news about Bloomberg's potential. Sure. Now I haven't seen that anywhere. Right. But before the debate, that's when they were saying, oh, Hillary <laughs> Clinton for VP under Bloomberg. But uh, – did Bloomberg win any points in that debate by attacking Bernie? Remember, he called Bernie a socialist millionaire with three homes and blah, the blah, blah. The one thing that Bloomberg did really, really well, uh, that unfortunately, it was the last 45 minutes of the debate and people don't, you know, had tuned out by then and he'd already been crushed and the people that tuned out never saw it. Was he, I think he said something like, everybody on stage, raise your hand if you've started a business before, which is a great line. They're all government hacks. I'm sorry. Like, I know I'm biased. I get it. I'm on the Republican side. I get it. I'm, but anybody that has never started a business that understands what a business owner goes through, that understands what it's like to pay unemployment, pay health care, to try to give your, your, the people that work for you more pay and give them more benefits and, tr and then struggle, to, you know, have a good EBITDA and all this. Like, all the candidates except for Bloomberg don't have any clue how that works. Well, I think that's why for a long, I mean, there's always... Whenever someone's a senator who runs, I'm always very skeptical because right. senator, you're one out of a hundred. You actually don't really run anything. No. And even when you write legislation, it's it's A, it's unlikely the legislation will pass and then it's unlikely it'll be enforced and you never really see right. the benefits from it. You know, so I think this is what hurts this someone This is why like, governors do a lot better. Yeah, I mean, historically, other than Obama, 
the last senator who won, I think, was uh, John F. Kennedy. Right. And he had uh, an enormous right. amount of money. And but was, you had Bush was a governor. Um, Reagan, Reagan Carter, was a governor. Clinton. Right. right. Clinton was a governor. Like Because they have executive experience. They have to create budgets. Yeah. Right? They have to get budgets passed. They have to run passed, something. Right? They have to run something. And even, right? even now, there's a lot of mayors running, right? You have right. like uh, guys like uh, Bloomberg and Mayor Bloomberg. Pete. Yeah. So, uh, and you have, oh, by the way, did I ever tell you my Buttigieg story about when I met him? No. Was, on, was it on your grinder profile? <laughs> no, that would be weird. Um, You're married. I'm, I'm yeah, just I am. Uh, in 2000, so I just finished the Bush campaign in 2004. And I, this is obviously before social media, but I had a lot of leverage at that point for being the national get out the vote director. And so a friend of mine reached out and said, hey, this is like in 2005. He says, hey, I know this young guy wants to kind of get involved in politics. Would you mind going to have lunch with him? And I said, sure. And he said, I'll join you guys just to kind of, you know, so it won't be awkward or whatever. I said, yeah, it's fine. And he said, okay. So we went to the Palm in DC and in walks for a three hour lunches with Pete Buttigieg. And we talked about what it would be like to run for office, what he should do, how he should start a list, how he should try to raise money and all that types of things. But this was back in 2005. So you basically gave him the advice that, that started him no, up. No, I, I What was like not. one piece of advice you gave him that you thought really resonated with him? Yeah, it's a, it's the same thing I would tell any candidate that asked me. Because, in fact, I was meeting with um, a celebrity guy who wanted to run for office recently. And I, and I said, I don't think it's going to work. And he's like, why not? And I said, because in order to be effective, you have to have money. What You know, the golden rule, the one with the gold makes the rules, right? Uh, you have to raise money. 90% of your time as an office holder, you got to raise money. Yeah. 90. People have this uh, romantic vision that they're going to run for office. And I know you've, you know, ran, but like traditional running for politics, right? right? Is, you, oh, I'm going to go out there and I get to talk about my issues. No, no, you don't. No, you get to sit in a, in a small room with a phone in front of you, making calls 24 seven, asking people for money. It's humiliating. It's not fun. And it's really, really hard work. And the ones that grind it out and say, I don't care, I'll do whatever it takes to win. Those are the ones that win. It's the candidates that go, I'm going to go knock on every door in my district. So you, so you thought you felt uh, your sense was that this celebrity you were talking to didn't, didn't, wouldn't be able to put his full heart into it, into raising money, into knocking no, on I, every door? No, I typically try to talk anybody that says to me they want to run, I talk them out of it. And there's no exceptions? Like there's nobody who's just so popular yeah, from yeah, being Bloomberg. like a warrior? He doesn't have to raise money. But like, okay, uh, what about like a John McCain when he first ran in Arizona? Was he such a war hero? Oh, but well, he had his helps. wife's money too. His, his, his wife yeah, had like but it helps, million. But he also had to raise a lot of money. Yeah. But 99% of candidates don't have that kind of brand. Yeah. You know, so, they just don't have a brand. So so what what about so I, Pete Buttigieg? The thing is, I said, are you prepared to raise money 90% of your time on, as a candidate? And the other 10% is not doing press conferences and you know, it's literally knocking on doors and asking asking people for the vote. So Mayor Pete ran for mayor of um, oh, and now South Bend, South Bend, Indiana. He lost the first time he ran. He, he lost, or he also lost. Didn't he run for treasurer? Like, or no, something? he ran. Oh, he made. Yeah, he made. Yeah, yeah. I think he did. He also ran for chairman of the Democrat National Committee and lost. So um, you know, my thing is, you, like, I know how to get you to victory, but the candidate has to be willing to do what it takes. What, what impressed you about Mayor Pete when you saw him? Did anything? Because clearly oh, he no, no. went One, far. I, I mean, this is, you know, 15 years ago. So I don't have a huge memory of it other than I remember, <laughs> what a weird last name. Other than this, I said, 
that guy has is way over ambitious. Like his amb his ambition was over the top, and I remember it back then. Like he, I was like, this guy is like, you know, like people that run for president, they have crazy ambition, right? Clinton always said he was going to run for president. Yeah, right? since he was a kid, right? Uh, you know, um, obviously Obama had a, a crazy ambition. I mean, Bush just because of the family legacy had ambition. Uh, but this guy had no affiliation to anything. And I just, I got that weird, like spidey sense in me. I was like, God, this guy's way ambitious, like, like over the top. So we haven't seen the last of him probably. No, nope, 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 nope. So, so he will run again and he'll be in a good position. Listen, Bernie, how many times has Bernie run once or, or twice? I, I can't uh, remember. Well, he ran last time. He, he ran. He, he threatened to run in 2008. Okay. Um, and he didn't. I think I think somebody yeah, yeah. was talked so he, out of it. He's run twice, but most of the time I write about this in in my book too. But like uh, George W. Bush ran for Congress in 1978 and lost. Then he ran for governor. Then he ran for president. Right. Um, Obama ran for Congress and lost. Then he ran for state senate. Then he ran for U.S. Senate. Um, you know George H. W. Bush ran for senate and lost. Like uh, Clinton. Clinton was the youngest governor in the country. And then he was the youngest ex-governor in the country, right? And then he won again. Then he ran again and won, right? Yeah. So uh, typically the one, if you're, again, this is the ambition part because you see the loss not as the end, but as the beginning. Okay, I will, okay, this is just an interesting trivia thing. Uh, Reagan never lost an election as far as I can tell. He lost the 76 presidential campaign. Oh yeah, okay. He but ran he, in a primary he, against yes, Ford. So before it was an incumbent, probably difficult in a uh, primary to win sure. against the incumbent. I mean, he wasn't, Ford wasn't unpopular, he, you know, right. and Reagan came close he did and was close. kind of offered the VP spot, but it didn't work out. The negotiations didn't work out. So Reagan could have won something there. It's just, it got weird. But um, uh, Nixon lost, obviously, several. He lost even for governor after losing the right. presidential in 1960, and then he came back. Um, Kennedy never, John F. Kennedy never lost, uh, I don't believe. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Carter never lost. Yeah. yeah. That's I, it. That's I, all I can think of. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know if Carter ran. I know I mean, he was governor of Georgia, but I don't know if he had run before and lost. I just can't I remember. I don't think so. Yeah. I think he just, it's like war hero guy. Right. Um. So, okay. So, uh, the other thing I was going to ask about the debates was, I forget now. All right. So, so South Carolina's coming up. Oh, why doesn't Bloomberg run? in South Carolina, given that I feel like every new election, South Carolina is pivotal because it's the first one that signals where the African-American votes go. I, I may be totally wrong on this. I just think there, there probably was a deadline that you had to be, you know, sort of um, uh, to, I think like these states have deadlines that you have to sort of apply to be on the ballot. He may have missed that deadline. So Other than that, I think what they basically, again, it's the Giuliani model. They said, look, you know, what is it like two or 3% of all the delegates are decided between uh, Iowa and Hampshire and South Carolina. Screw that. Let's go. I've got the resources and the money. This is Bloomberg's thinking, in my opinion. Yeah, screw that. I, I'm going to the big states. By the way, he's right in this. Uh, Warren and Buttigieg are flat broke. Biden has raised, he's, he's, he's historically been an atrocious fundraiser. He's done that again this time. He doesn't have much money at all, right? So, and Bernie is the only one that's a viable fundraiser that has money to compete, right? So Warren is like spending $3 million in all these Super Tuesday states 
and Bloomberg spending four hundred and fifty million dollars. So you got four hundred fifty million to three million. So, so like, so it, my point is, was like he said, I can go spend money where nobody else. I, I kind of admire it. Like he says, I'm going to go into the lane that no one else is doing. The problem is the media is. It's just like Trump got you know a billion dollars in free media in 2016. Well, Bernie is getting that now. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I I lived in over 100 or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I I became a really good guest of Airbnbs. And I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and having my own Airbnb or or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away. And I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee and I still to this day get messages every day. James Aldercher, would you like to apply to be VP of entertainment at NBC or whatever. So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. 
So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I'm definitely going to use HIMS from now Not on. Not that you need it. You're, you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might, you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the HIMSS app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash James. Could you imagine that? There's a whole section just with my name on it. HIMSS.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. So if Bernie wins in South Carolina, you think nothing can, I mean, the Super Tuesdays, like all these Southern states, are they going to vote for Bernie Sanders? Yeah. Right now he'll pull more delegates. Even though Bloomberg is going to just bombard those states with as well, many as possible. Well, a lot depends. Like if Bernie wins South Carolina, I, I, I would tell you, I think he's got this thing. It's done. If Bernie loses South Carolina. Won't the media be flipping out? Like, and they're all, you know. They're already flipping out. Like so, won't they try to boost Bloomberg up? I'm not. I'm not advocating for this, but I'm just wondering how are they going to keep the fight going? You know, past South Carolina, just well, for their sake. You're going to get look. But the problem with it is like when you have multiple candidates, even like if Biden stays in, which I think he will after South Carolina, you're pulling votes from Bloomberg. Like Biden's name ID, his brand is so elevated, it's enough to get him 8% or 10%. And why would he stay in? Because- Does he want to be embarrassed? Yeah, you know, these guys, first of all, it's ego, but also they go, no, no, no. I, I've been vice president. At Bloomberg's never done anything. Like that is the, it, internally in their mind, that's it. They, they're so biased in their own campaigns. And I've seen this across the board, Republicans, Democrats, and they've been working on it for a year. You're supposed to just give everything up. It's like, no, I got to keep fighting. Like, yeah, because this is his last chance. 
Yeah. So you might as well barely. just. It's barely, even this time, it's barely. Well, well that's the other thing, too. He must be aware that he's not in the best of health. And people watching him yes, it's, are it's, aware. It's hurt. Unless it's been built up by the media. Oh, they're only focusing on these moments where he seems to be a little bit off balance. But his supporters also don't really seem that excited. They just seem like they're, no. they feel. I think the machine is obligated to support him. Like I see from people who are just like heads at their local Democratic committees. They're always for Biden and they don't question his health. But why don't they question his health? Why don't people look a little bit below the surface? Well, if he was a Republican, they'd question his health. If they were, <laughs> if they were working for Republican no. committees? Uh, the media would question his health if he was a Republican. That's probably just true. Just because of the Biden. But, but the, the media Bi even questions Biden's health now, kind of. Like, he's, his, his, his fan base is not rabid like no. Bernie Sanders. And, and look, and there's a, a golden, another golden rule in politics. Intensity trumps everything. Sorry, that, that was not a pun. I mean, it just, it beats everything. So... Where's the intensity? Is it Bernie? Yeah. Yes. Is it, are people intense for Bloomberg? I feel like Bloomberg people are, I don't know. But is that playing in California or, I mean, I, right, I now Bernie's, right now we're sitting in New York City and New York City loves Bloomberg. Right. So I, when I see people on the street, they all say to me, Bloomberg's running, what do you think? And like everyone's kind of gung-ho for Bloomberg right. here because this is his city. Right. But California is going to be a huge state and Bernie's, annihilating everybody there right now so yeah because i guess you know if you think about intensity it, and by the way you know i this is my i don't know if i've said this in the last uh interview we did but if you ask if you were to out go out into a national poll and ask democrats what the number one issue is for them in going into 2020 what issue do you think is the one issue driving them to vote I mean, I'm just trying to think of what a Bernie issue would be. I, I kind of don't think it's healthcare. I think it's income inequality. Yeah. So it's a total trick question. It's beat Trump. Well, okay. So let me ask so you about this. That's an intensity. Right. That's intensity. So, so that seems to me to be an ineffective strategy. And 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 maybe I'm wrong. But like when I was watching um, two or three debates ago, all Amy Klobuchar would say is. I could be Trump. Oh, yeah, I could be Trump. Win. We haven't talked about her. Yeah, we haven't talked about her because <laughs> she's, she's not going to win. But uh, but yeah. she's reasonable as a VP candidate. She is. But but all she ever says is be Trump. It doesn't strike me as the best strategy to constantly be saying the name of your opponent because people, all people remember is Trump. But Bernie cornered that market. He cornered it four years ago when he was trying to, you know, whether it was helping Hillary or not. I mean, he's been, you know, on this path for four years. So... Everybody can talk about Trump. That's great, right? But who's going to have more credibility with voters on anti-Trump? And that's Bernie. But, but okay, Bernie's got that rabid fan base, and it's it's the core of the Democratic Party that's voting in these primaries. But it is, I mean, he is a socialist. The United States mm -hmm. is not typically a socialist country. I can't think of the last time uh, someone who called themselves a socialist was a maybe Eugene Debs in like the 1910s. Okay. But like, or no, no. Okay. Um, Henry Wallace in 1948, uh, was kind of socialist uh -huh. and, and running. So that's, that's my knowledge of socialist socialists and presidential campaigns. And now Bernie Sanders, they don't really win in the United States. Well, all the, all the internal polling I'm seeing right now is he'd get crushed, but hold on. That's right now. And be careful what you wish for. I don't care if this was, you know, like all the Hillary people said, oh my God, I hope we get Trump. Well, be careful what you wish for. Because when it's a one-on-one -on -one race and you have so much volatility between the two candidates, anything can happen. So 
Trump, I mean, it's funny, uh, these never Trumpers, right? They're these moderate Democrat Republicans that all came out four years ago and said, I'm a never Trumper. I'll never vote for Trump. Now they're coming out of the woodwork and now I'm going, all right, well, between Bernie and Trump, I guess I'll be with Trump. Yeah, like, like if someone's a, um, a moderate and yeah. they work hard and, and their federal yeah. income tax rate is 39% and Bernie's saying, oh no, we want to make it 52%. Right. Yeah. What are they going to do? Well, or are they not going to vote? Or are they going to- I'll give you a very specific They might example. do never 52. Uh, you, you and Robin had this party in December at your house. For a Democratic candidate, I might add. Yeah, yeah. For, and, for mayor. And I got invited. And I ended up talking to a couple hedge fund guys here. And all of the, and you know, trust me, every time, I'm, this, this is the first time I've been on a, you know, New York party circuit, right? But if I go to- a, First time we were on the New York party right, circuit. I know, I know. But, I'm not but, like a, I'm but, not like a big- But uh, if I am in a social situation, right? And people will be like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh crap, because- somebody gets mad, you know, inevitably, right? So you can imagine when someone asked me this in, in the Upper West Side of yes. New York. This is the AOC zip right. code, and fundraising like, oh, zip code. Shit. I'm like, uh, well, I, you know, I do some marketing stuff. And they're like, oh, what kind of marketing? And I'm like, um, well, I, I'm, I blame politics. Oh, what, what, who specifically? And you're like, shit. You know, because like, I know like it's going to have some kind of crazy reaction, right? And if I'm in the South, people hug me. Oh, you're the Republicans. You know, they love it, you know. And up here, and when I was in D.C., it was like, literally, I got kicked out of restaurants when the, a bartender would find out that I did what I did. You're kidding. No, this was back in the Obama days. So wait, wait, wait. The wokeness of the world, I saw this in D.C. back in 2009, 2010. But, um, but anyway, so I said to these, this, it was like four or five hedge fund people, uh, men and women. And I said, well, you know, we've done work, we do work in the Republican party and, you know, I've done work on for super PAC supporting Trump and, and that they all looked at me and they go, well, you know, we kind of support him. And I well, go, what? <laughs> like, I was like, excuse me. It's amazing how many people wink to each other they do. in New York. I got the wink. But wink. by the way, just about, we can't say this out loud. I would never tell my parents this. I would never tell anything, but no, there's, you know, if it's Bloomberg, we'll be with Bloomberg. But other than that, we're with Trump. Well, well, that's what they told me. For well, just to mention, like at that party, there were definitely it was probably 50-50. Like there were people who, who you could have said that to who really would have tried to kill you right then. Right. But and the the candidate we were hosting that party for was Eric Adams, who's running for for mayor of right. New York. But um, New York's a weird place because think about the mayors. Look at Ed Koch and Bloomberg. They were Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. You know, and and Giuliani was definitely Republican, but. And Eric's definitely Democrat, right. but you know he announced he carries a gun to church. So it's not it, political parties here are weird, except at the national level. Right. At the local level, it's not a given. I mean, you even have in the seventies that John Lindsay yeah. was a liberal Republican, was mayor right. here. So it's a little New York City is weird on local politics. Right. It's not it's not one or the other. No, no, no. I, yeah, I get it. I get it. But but, uh, um, but yeah. it is it is interesting though how many people they can't say what they think, but they'll both and they don't know where I'm at, so they'll both sides wink to me. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but obviously the economy is going really well. The financial markets are going really well. No one wants that disruptive. Nobody wants the capital gains trust, tax to be eliminated. All right, and trust me on this, if Bernie is elected, it will affect the stock market. There's there's no Well, doubt I was just in my saying mind. this to to Robin today cuz preparing for this podcast, you know, everybody I know what his issues were, but I was always curious, well, how is he going to pay for all these, you know, 30 trillion dollars worth of programs? And look, if he could pay for them, 
power to him. Like Yang, I thought, put together a, a decent plan how he's going to pay for UBI using a VAT tax and, and so on. But Sanders is going to put, a, uh, he's going to get rid of capital gains, which means you're going to have to sell your stocks before he takes office or else you're messed up. You're, you're going to pay double the taxes so or more. So the stock market, and maybe this is a good thing. I don't know. The stock market's had a good 10-year run. Maybe it needs to take a little 20 or 30% break, but that's at the minimum of what it's going to fall, sure. I think. And again, I'm not saying whether that's bad or I, good. I know. You need know. the stock market to correct every now and then. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the other thing is that, uh, you know, it's, it'll get rid of the capital gains. He's going to put the speculation tax on short-term trading of stocks. So he's going to penalize long-term holding and he's going to penalize short-term holding. No one's going to want to put their money in stocks. It's going to affect the economy because the stock market is not a, a game. It's how companies raise money to hire people and to invent things. Like SpaceX will go public to invent rocket ships that right. will take people to Mars. If they can't go public, it's... it's yeah, I mean, actually, Anderson Cooper was interviewed him on 60 Minutes on, uh, last weekend and did a really good job of saying, okay, specifically, how would you pay for these things? And he couldn't answer. And that's the big internally from the Bloomberg campaign to the Warren campaign. But that's why just, just in the past 48 hours, though, he, he put out something. And the criticism of Bernie internally with all these campaigns is he, all he does is talk in platitudes. But in the past 48 hours, to address this, right. he did put out, here's sure, how he has to. It was a yeah. bad moment for him. Not only the Cuba part, but also he, he can't explain how he paid for these things. But the, the main thing is, is basically he's going to up, from what I understand, he's going to up for most people your federal income tax rate from 39% to 52% of the highest earners. He's going to get rid of capital gains, which moves your capital gains income from 20% to whatever the highest income tax rate is. He was more vague on this, but he's going to tax corporations more aggressively. Uh, he's going to, um, he's going to have various wealth taxes, yeah. you know, the same way Elizabeth Warren is, but his number is lower uh, for, for a wealth tax. So he kind of explained it again. There were criticism, there was criticism. The numbers don't add up, which they, it's, it's, it's hard to add up to $30 trillion. So I don't know. And that, that's kind of the low side on what he wants yeah. to spend. So I, I don't know. But again, on the on the the game theory side, it does strike me that telling everybody they're going to have less money doesn't seem like a, a winning strategy. And this is why Trump is doing really well on on a head to head matchup. And and don't listen. Stop paying attention to national head to head matchup polls. National polls don't mean anything. The polls that mean anything are in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, Florida, and North Carolina. Nope, Florida's already done. After the Cuba debacle uh, on 60 Minutes, where he basically praised Castro on 60 Minutes last weekend, mm. uh, not only was Florida pretty much 90% off the board for any Democrat, it's it's moved solidly into the Republican category, but it's over for Bernie there now. Unless, again, there's always these, these moments in <laughs> politics that like some nuclear bomb goes off and it ruins a candidate, right? There, well, like something were to happen, but I, I mean, I'm not saying, I just don't know, like... Can, it, 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 skipping ahead, like if it was like a, uh, let's hypothetically say it was a Bloomberg Klobuchar ticket. Let's just say whatever happened in yeah. the middle. That'd be a fun could, little fight. Is that a path for the Democrats? So, yes. so Bloomberg would win Florida, Klobuchar would take these northern states. Yeah. So could that be a, a path for the Democrats? Absolutely. So if the Democrats really, like, you know, the big saying in the past three years was, you know, Trump's a fascist, Trump's this, Trump's that, Trump's, you know, they would compare him to the worst people in history if they really truly believe that wouldn't they 
wouldn't they all kind of come together and say, hey, let's come up with the right ticket to that that all the machines say are going to beat Trump? So, or, or do they not believe that? So this is, all I have to say is go back and look in 2016. The never Trumpers came out and said, we can't have this. We got to have uh, Jeb or we got to have Marco or we got to have Ted. Like it can't be Trump. He's going to lose. It's a hundred percent chance. Like we're going into suicide mission. And the, the voters of Trump said, nope, not budging. This is what we believe. We're going to be on, we're voting on principle. And what happened? I, I mean, Trump won. So, I mean, so people, I mean, I, I give Bernie supporters credit. They believe they do. They're not trying to win. They believe. And I, I, I respect the hell out of that. Actually. I mean, I do see one path to victory for Sanders in, in one certain type of situation, but I want to, I want to hit the rest of these primaries first, uh, though, which is <laughs> you got super Tuesday coming up. Yeah. Your point is, is that the media narrative is so strong now yeah. for Sanders. But again, it doesn't seem like the media wants Sanders. So going into Super Tuesday with with Bloomberg spending another four hundred million, say, aren't they going to try to, you know, People, pretend there's a man on man fight here? My grandmother, who died about three years ago at one hundred and one years old, voted for Bill Clinton twice, and she was from Montgomery, Alabama, and grew up in segregated South, and voted for Bill Clinton twice. And I said, in the same election, <laughs> yeah. No, that would be Chicago. Uh, and she said, uh, and I asked her, I said, Gan, why did you vote for Clinton? And she said, because he's a, he, he's a winner. Huh. People vote for the winners. But did you, Bernie now will have tied Iowa, won New Hampshire, won Nevada, m close to tie, won the South Carolina, finishes second in South Carolina, whatever it is. And people in California see that. They see the media promoting that. They see that he got Hispanic vote. And they go, well, I want to vote for the guy that gets the Hispanic vote. They see they got the labor vote and they go, I want to be with the guy that got the labor vote. Do I want to be with the Bloomberg guy? He hasn't won anything. He's just throwing a bunch of money at this. So you kind of see Bloomberg, like, because you're, you're saying he's going to do Biden okay. He may win two. some states, but you got to understand, like, he's not winning enough to win the nomination at this point. Even though only 26 delegates have yeah. been assigned out of a 1900 yeah, the, needed to the win. The Democrats, I, you, and you're talking to the wrong person on this, but they have a super delegate, a formula, all this stuff. And it, it makes it virtually impossible after Super Tuesday. If you have a certain amount of delegates, uh, you're pretty much on the path to, to winning. And by the way, this happened against with Obama and Hillary. Hillary stayed into the race until like April in 2008. And she's had no chance of winning. Like literally it was over. She stayed in for another month and kept winning states, but it didn't matter. The math was impossible to get to a victory. And so what you're seeing in the math now is that what it appears to be is that after Super Tuesday, Bernie's math is going to be insurmountable. Because you're saying Bloomberg's just not going to pull Super Tuesday, no matter how much money he spends. He may win some states, but the delegate totals between... Bernie and everybody else will be significant enough that he'll have the math on his side to win the nomination. Why won't Bloomberg get the superdelegates? I mean, he's been funding congressional campaigns yeah. forever. I mean, you you could see a rebellion. I mean, it'd be really fun and interesting to see a, a brokered convention, which people are talking about. But again, people talked about a brokered convention with Trump. And, and I even went on ESPN, because back then on ESPN, you could talk politics. But I'd go on ESPN 16 and say... Um, uh, you know, my God, I think it's going to be a brokered convention. I think that, tr that Cruz could get the nomination in a brokered convention. I would go on Steve, our friend, Paul Feinbaum show. And, uh, but 
and that can happen. That's a possibility. It's a low propensity possibility though. So, so you don't see any, just be, after South Carolina, just because of uh, the media will be blessing San, Bernie Sanders as the new king, you don't see Bloomberg. There's, there's no path. Do you, you see any path? Well, no, after Super Tuesday, think about this. If, Blue, if Bernie has more delegates and wins the big states. Now, before Super Tuesday, after South Carolina, before no, Super Tuesday. No, 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 after Super Tuesday. Okay. Let's say he takes California and you know, other, other big states. Bloomberg wins some. At that point, it's it probably would just be Bloomberg and Bernie at that point, but the momentum is just going to be too heavy for for Bernie. I mean, you, the, again, the narrative will be uh, those first four states, the 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 demographics of Bernie's votes, the young people, the Hispanics, the African American, like he's got everything, and that's going to be the, like the media is going to control a lot of this narrative going forward. Okay, so they always do. So so. That's why it's so hard to skip these early states. And, and Bloomberg, he knew that, but he figured, okay, if 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 all these guys split up Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, it'll still be open for me on Super Tuesday. Everyone will use Super Tuesday as kind of a free-for-all, and it'll still be open for me. He miscalculated, perhaps, that Bernie Sanders would, A, get the free media exposure that he's getting now, and B, that he would simply win all three places, or all four places. Yeah, I think money and ego probably said I I can clear a path from Super Tuesday on. You know, I'll 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 make one uh, historic. Like you you say you know the Giuliani strategy typically doesn't work, which is skipping Iowa, New Hampshire, RFK uh, in 1968 didn't enter the race until like May, and then and then suddenly he was winning. Right. So and then he was killed, but yeah, uh, didn't so, work out. So he lost, <laughs> but uh, lost overall. Yeah. Uh, uh, how will Bloomberg drop out? When's he, he, he could just stay in it forever. Yeah. And he, he could be a could, third party. Maybe his, I'm going to stay in it and try to have a brokered convention. I mean, there's a million ways it can go. I think we got to see what happens at Super Tuesday and then things are really going to shake out. And there's a million possibilities out of it, but I'm just telling you the odds say at this point, it's Bernie's to lose. And and so thinking about VP candidates. By the way, I hope you don't put this out like in three weeks. <laughs> no, Jay, we got to put this out. What day is it today? Tuesday? We got to put this out Thursday. Thursday. Cool. Thursday. Can we do that? All right, good. Um, <laughs> Bernie, <laughs> now I have money on the VP candidate. Okay. Uh, but this is from way back. I put it, uh, just a small bet on Sherrod Brown at 20 to 1 odds. Uh, senator from Ohio. Mm -hmm. He was the one who probably should have been the VP candidate for um, Clinton in right. four years yep, ago in 2016. Right. But she was doing a favor for Terry McAuliffe. She picked Tim Kaine. Sherrod Brown was on paper probably the better candidate right. for the Midwest and so on. Um, now he's at one cent, you know, he's a hundred to one odds and Nina Turner, who is just basically an employee of Bernie Sanders is the number one choice on the prediction markets for the VP candidate. But who's like, kind of, he's not going to pick someone to balance the ticket. He's going to pick another socialist. Uh, no, I think he probably would. To, the, the, listen, the vice president serves at the behest of the president. So having a balance will help you get elected. I so, see. I would tell you Klobuchar is a candidate for sure. Midwest woman, right? I don't think you should eliminate all white guys yeah, from so the vice president. In the prediction markets, by the way, it's Sherrod Brown is, it, although he's at the bottom, he's the only white guy. There's like yeah. 11 women in front of him. And right. Nina Turner is an African-American woman. Yeah, I know. So I, I would tell you it would probably be, it's going to be a woman. I just don't know 
Uh, it, it, again, it depends on how everything kind of shakes out. It could be a Kamala Harris. Yeah, um, she's she's in the running there, right? Tulsi she, Gabbard's in the running there, but I don't yeah, think it's going to be no, her. Tulsi and Bernie people I don't think get along very well. Well, I think she pissed off the whole, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. she pissed off the whole Democratic Party when she voted present on the impeachments. Yeah. yeah. So then, then it's kind of like she has no party right now. No. But I feel she has an agenda with that somehow. She's also, I, I have a friend of mine that worked for her, and I, at, this was, um, Man, right when she got to Congress, like four or five years ago, maybe six years ago, and I asked, you know, I went over to the office and had lunch with this this uh, person, and I was like, "Well, what's Tulsi like?" I mean, this is before any national profile, and she said, "Oh, she's ambitious. It's one of the most ambitious people I've ever been around." So, she's got ambition. That means she's got something up her sleeve. I just don't know what it is. Could there be a Bloomberg Gabbard third party run? No. No, it's not happening this year, Mm -hmm. the third party thing. Bloomberg is not going to choose. She's too much of a wild card. He wants control. Yeah. So So, I I would say uh, a female for sure on Bernie's side. So, okay, so. It could be Warren. Yeah, it could be all of it. It seems like they're both Northeastern, both in their 70s, both socialist. So it doesn't seem like a winning strategy, but I could be wrong because they're, they're basically the middle of the country has been carved up. The fringes on both sides have been kind mm-hmm. of winning for the past five years, yeah. really. Because Bernie, had it's a strong so chance. funny. I mean, even the moderate Republicans and Democrats have been locked out. This is the second election. If Bernie gets a nomination, this is the second election cycle where they've been locked out. And it's just crazy if you think about it. Because you think about it, we're probably the fringe represents thirty percent on either side. Right, but the vast majority is in, is between the left and the right in the middle. In the middle, but maybe they don't vote in primary. But they're not it? intense. They have no intensity. Yeah, you think they'll get? They're into- out. They're like doing working, not paying attention to politics, raising their kids, going to soccer practice. Like they're they're living. They're not focused on the election. Well, I also I and there's people, a lack of intensity. I I'm, I'm people, just saying I know this from the data. Like this is what the data says. But I also ask ask people pretty regularly. What decision has any president of the United States ever made that has changed your life? And they'll mention things that clearly there are decisions presidents sure. make that change lives. Like yeah. if you went to war in Iraq, somebody's, you know, Bush's decision changed your life. But for the average person, the president has no, it's more local politics affects your life. Correct. E- I mean, if l- even. What, what were the dire predictions about how Trump would literally take us down the drain, that life would be over, that the country won't exist in the same way? Like all these doomsday scenarios. And by the way, it's not exclusive to the Democrats. Republicans did this with Obama. Oh my God, the end of the world. He's a socialist. He's going to do those things. No, no, he didn't affect us that much. Yeah. You're right. I mean, the, the, the president really doesn't affect you that much. Now, if Bernie was even to get half or ten uh, percent of his programs passed, it would be pretty interesting to see what that effect. It'd be a bigger effect. Well, okay, so so let's let's go to the national stage now. Uh, Bernie Sanders <laughs> versus Donald Trump. Uh, first off, Trump assumed I assume he doesn't get rid of his VP candidate. No, like Pence no, has been no, fine no, for him. Yeah, yeah. Again, whether you agree disagree politically, it's a good balance right. for for him. Uh, Trump versus Bernie Sanders. What's your what's your gut, and then let's break it down. Your, your well, gut being you're based asking on... me something that's impossible to tell. And I mean, we're talking about this in February. What's going to happen in November? Yeah, let's say the world is looks like how it looks now. Well, Trump wins easily. He'll be a blowout. 
Well, okay, so so break that down. Like, right, um, when, and I might listen. There are certain states Trump's going to carry. There are certain states Bernie's going to carry. Right, and then you got to figure out. And uh, I think we may have played the electoral math the last time I was on here, but nothing. The, the first time I think you were skeptical. Like a year ago, you were skeptical of the electoral math because you thought there would be greater turnout among the Democrats. I do, I did. and that would drive those but key in, states. But to, the, to, the, 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 here's where the things you don't see: impeachment has helped Trump. It did not help. It, it, it okay, is. tell me how. Oh, there was a poll that just came out. Politico reported on it yesterday. The Democrats just ran uh, in like the, the 52 most targeted House congressional races in the country right now. The ones that maybe Hillary won, but uh, or maybe a Democrat won there in 2018, but Trump won in 2016, right? There's these subsets of, uh, of congressional races. Impe- impeachment in those Democratic congressional districts that Trump won, like I think 52, 55% were against impeachment and thought he got a raw deal. I mean, the, the intensity level on the Republican side blew up. If you look at the polling internally from September of 2019 to today, Trump is on a forward or a vertical traje- trajectory with uh, with voters, the, the intensity level has gone up for the first time. So it, before that, especially in the 2018 election, the intensity level was all on the Democrat side. That's why they won so big in 2018. But now the, the impeachment has woken up voters that support Trump, but maybe just didn't have a large intensity for it. And so, and even there was a poll that came out the other day in Wisconsin, a statewide poll that Trump was trouncing Bernie. Now, Trump has been losing this, the one-on-one matchups, whether it's one-on-one with Biden, Warren, or whatever. He's been losing all of them for the last two years. And now he's clearly ahead in a one-on-one with Bernie. So what that tells me is not only is the intensity of Republican voters come into play, but then you've got a lot of voters that say, I don't want the socialist policies of Bernie. I may not like Trump, but I'll hold my nose again. So that So that might be... That might affect the turnout. It might affect yep. people who are on the fence. Right. Uh, uh, but Trump's leading Bernie in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan. Uh, listen, Florida and Ohio are off the table. They, Trump's winning those no matter what. Which is interesting because, I mean, Florida obviously was the key states in both 2016 and 2000 in particular. I was, I was on the recount. Uh, and, and so look how... It, it, close it was now you're saying it's just a blur people are going to really remember sanders comment on cuba did they even know Does the well, then, know? then sanders came out and said you know that the apac the jewish political action committee there was like he wasn't going to speak at their conference this week and that they so he's going to lose the jews and the hispanics which are the only people in florida <laughs> And, well, I'm and, in Florida. Well, Florida man is in Florida. Uh, maybe you're, I'm Florida you're, man. You're Florida man. And then there's the Jews <laughs> and the Hispanics. Right. So uh, I think he Bernie has completely jeopardized himself with Jewish voters right now because of the comments and pra- frankly his past policies. Like that's what he believes. Yeah. Um, he's completely annihilated the Cuban community. and And they know that. They know it. Because I don't know, when sometimes when people say stuff in the news, does it really get communicated down to, yeah. does everybody know what they're... The cube, within the Cuban voting bloc, of course. That yeah. is a huge... Because that's their main issue. ...active voting bloc. Well, it's the main issue for the old Cubans. The younger Cubans don't care as much because enough time has passed. But trust me, it, when you have, you're that over, like, he, like Bernie was this past week, saying, uh, yeah, I'm not for authoritarianism, but... Castro did some good things. He had a literacy program. 
Like yeah, there's a lot of uh, jokes on Twitter after that. That is insane. It's an insane comment, right? So um, that is going to play even to the younger Cuban demographic. Um, I mean, does Sanders think he can win? Of course he does. Of course. Or is there some other motive? No. He's 78. What, is, what other motive yeah, does yeah, he have? Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So is the health issue, you know, he's, he's not released some of his health issues yeah. regarding his heart. Yeah. Like, is, could that be an issue or people won't care really? I don't think it did. Trump won't release his medical issues. Trump yeah, won't leave, or tax release his taxes and no one cares. Was That's it why they don't release them. No one. This is a media contrived story. Maybe it's legitimate. You want to know whether your presidential candidate is healthy and going to be able to serve in office, but it's not an intense issue that media will, well, they screamed over Trump's health and taxes, right? It didn't affect him. It just didn't affect it. People were just like, what? That's not why we're voting for president. So if you're, okay, let's- So they don't care about Bernie. On, on a national level, if, if you were making a campaign strategy for Sanders, what would you focus on? And I'll ask the same about Trump. White working class voters. So you basically say, but how, so all these people- Because that's where the election's gonna come down. But they're the high, at the highest employment levels ever, right? Everybody's at the highest employment level ever. Right. They're making bigger income than yep. ever. Uh, what, how could Sanders get that? Those well, votes? he can, I mean, he already is. He's going after the labor vote, which is the, a lot of the Midwest white working class worker uh, that, that, you know, it belongs to a union and stuff like that. But that, that, that is his key is the working class white voter. It's the, it's Trump's key, but Trump's secondary key is African-Americans. And he has made a lot of moves in the African-American community. Now I'm going to get like, annihilated for saying that but hear me out if trump i think he got a very he got one of the highest shares ever of african-american vote for a republican candidate in 2016 right i didn't know that uh, i think romney may I, i'm totally coming up with these numbers out of thin air so i know that's somewhere but like he beat romney by like two points of whatever romney got right um and so it's not that trump is going to get 50 percent of the african-american vote that's not going to happen but if trump can get get the white working class voters in the Midwest, right? In Pennsylvania and Michigan, right? In Wisconsin and th those that sort of beltway or beltway, the um, Rust Belt. Um, but if he can take the African-American vote from let's say 8% in 2016 and get it to 12%, then he's got this thing. So, okay. So, but just so I'm not saying he's going to win the African-American vote. I'm saying if he if he got twelve percent, that'd be the highest percentage any Republicans ever gotten in the history of American politics. So make a campaign for Sanders. What would your campaign? One campaign. What would it look like for Sanders? I would like an ad. Nothing but camp out in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan because that's where it all counts. And if you were to make a TV ad, what would it look like for Sanders? Yeah. Oh, it would be uh, it'd be testimonials from working work white working class um, voters. Uh, telling their personal story and telling how Bernie is going to help them. And would they be sob stories? Like, would they, oh, well, we used to have yeah, this and, and I now would, we don't. You could take white working class voters in Vermont and talk about the policies that he's supported and how it's benefited their life. But you, but you, but how would you go negative on Trump? Because you're, you're a big proponent of negative ads for, for politics. Yeah, I just wrote a, my, for my uh, subscribers, I wrote, I predicted on Friday, last Friday, that the negative ad that Bloomberg was soon to launch negative ads because he's seeing that Bernie's taking the mantle. Yeah. And on Monday, like literally two days later, he launched his first negative ad on Bernie. What did it say? It was a anti. Oh, so Bernie has been pro NRA. No one, 
People may not know that. I did not know that. He's been supported by over Republican candidates for the U.S. Senate in Vermont uh, by the NRA. He's been endorsed by the NRA in the past, right? Over the last four years, he started to uh, go, oops, I, I got to get on the right side of this for a Democratic primary. So he sort of started switching his positions. So Bloomberg had run, has run, is running right now. I don't know where it's running, but he's running an, an, an NRA or an ad on how Bernie has been supported by the NRA that he voted for gun le- pro-gun legislation. Um, and he's said insensitive comments that have, you know, been about. Is guns. it working? I don't know. They just launched it Monday. So Sanders, if he was going to do um, an anti-Trump TV ad, what would he do? I, I probably focus on any kind of policy that hasn't worked that's hurt people. Like, is, what, what's one that's hurt people? I, I don't know. Like white working class people that, that you're saying Sanders is going to go for? Yeah. And and I would also probably focus on African Americans and they're going to play the race card. Yeah. So they're going to say racist, racist, racist. This is what they do every time. They're all racist. They're all racist. They're all racist. So what's Trump's anti-Sanders campaign going to look like? Oh, man. <laughs> that That is a... That's you, a trick. You wrote that campaign, so well, I want to hear. Well, the reason I say that is not so much on the bias. I'm guy. I'm biased. Don't get me wrong, but the fact is, is that Trump's been defined. Everybody knows everything about Trump, so it's really hard to say something that would stick. He's pretty Teflon, right? Right. But with Bernie, he just hasn't had a negative campaign run against him at all. If you think about it, Hillary never um, threw out a, a negative ad. Or... I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sure, but maybe it was in one state, mm-hmm. right? It was just not not. You know, he's really never been punched. He is, I'm done. He's not going to be punched. Yeah, he's going to be, was it Tyson Fury uh, on Deontay Wilder the other night? Like he is, he is going to like literally just stand over him and punch him all day long. Now, voters could get sick and tired of that and that could help Bernie, right? But Trump's, Trump's There could style. be a fatigue with that. But the fact is, is that you can do bread lines, you can do communists, you can literally take Bernie's, Bernie's on camera from the 1980s talking about how great communism is. You know, he's talking about how great Fidel is. I mean, you could, there is, they've never had an opposition research dump on him and it's about to go into effect. And what's going to happen, every smart presidential campaign has done this. Clinton did it to Dole um, and um, uh, Obama did it to Romney in 2012. But you start early. So Trump would be extremely smart that starting in April, May, June, that they drop $200 million worth of national ads defining Bernie before Bernie can define himself to the rest of the country. Hmm. So, so here's the, I'm curious what you think of this scenario that let's say Corona. So here's, I'm not going to debate about coronavirus, the pandemic, like nobody knows anything what's going on. You don't know if this pandemic's going to go you over may the have world it right now. Hmm? You may have. Oh, we all may have it for all we know. And because it's asymptomatic for a while. Jay over there definitely has it. So he just raised his hand. Um, But uh, here's what worries me about coronavirus is that China has basically shut down all the factories. And it turns out now that the, it's almost like the water has come in and we've seen everyone standing naked in, in the, whatever the saying is, I don't know. But it turns out the world had no plan B on manufacturing. Like all the the the, the heartbeat of the world's manufacturing for, for better or for worse has been China for the past 10 years. And we didn't know that until yeah. now. So it seems like lots of small businesses, sure. if these factories stay shut even another month or two, you're going to see thousands of small businesses that go go out of business, which means 
people are going to be upset and right. angry. Well, you're asking me what are these anomalies in the in the marketplace in the election marketplace that could help Bernie? Uh, it the this is exactly it. So so if all the factories are shut down, right. rich people stay rich, but now the last remaining middle class right. instantly goes broke. Yeah, like I goes mean, broke. Trump broke. can get ahead of they should get ahead of it. You know, like first of all, they should make it about China, not about Trump, because the Democrats will make it about Trump. And then Trump needs to say, This is why I've been campaigning on America first. Yeah. And that we should have all our manufacturing here. And there's but still a way everyone's going to gonna get agreed. I'm not gonna, saying I'm not he's saying so he's upset getting, anybody's going to get off scot free, whether it's Bernie or Trump. But the fact is that that's how I would play it. Is I'd be very proactive right now. Yeah, starting right now. And that usually people get involved when it's too late. Well, I don't know if you know he's in defense. India right now because right. he's trying to basically open up manufacturing there. Yeah, and you know, this is neither here nor there for the election. But if I were him, I'd pressure China to open up all the factories because. It's not clear that Correct. quarantining is working, so you might as well just get back to business and stop something that's going to affect 7 billion people versus something that affects an unknown amount of people, but much smaller than 7 billion. So panic will affect the entire world, whereas the virus will affect a lot of people, but not as much as panic is going to affect everybody. Like right. More people will die from the panic than will die from the virus if the mm -hmm. panic stays. So, But that's my worry is where that'll throw the election kind of off, off balance. Sure. Either when, way. When do you think that effect would kick in? It, 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 I mean, I've been like, like, obviously it's being felt now to the manufacturing. I mean, industry. the stock market had its worst day in a long time yesterday. Right. I've been wondering for a few weeks why I did a, a podcast on the coronavirus almost a month ago now, because I was starting to panic and I was, <laughs> I was, I didn't realize, I didn't understand why was the stock market still going to all time highs, even when Apple had bad news stock market's still going to highs, but people don't realize Apple's got so much cash. They can kind of withstand, you know, the the, the heat for a good year. Yeah. But mom and pop who sell dresses to Macy's, they're out of, they're done. They're out of business in a month or two months. They just, everybody, nobody has inventory. They, they all were told, okay, Chinese New Year's going to be over and then we'll get back right. to shipping things February 9th. And they didn't. And not only the, the things I'm hearing from people who have these small businesses, they're being told maybe another four months before factories open and they're out of business then. Yeah. They're, they're, well, and didn't Apple come out and say this is going to affect them as well? Like yeah, yeah, Apple did, but Apple has $100 billion cash or more and they, they can they can handle, they can keep prices low, they have inventory, they can probably switch fairly quickly, more quickly than most people to another factory, but most countries are not even set up to manufacture the way China is. Right. Not that China was the best manufacturer ever, but nobody else even has facilities. So there's... I do think in the long term, this is going to affect the global economy because people are going to have to have a plan B now, but nobody has a plan B. No, any, even a company like Apple has no plan B. If you want Tylenol, you're, you better stockpile now because right. there's going to be a shortage. Right. All, the, all the medical companies, there's no antibiotics, are all made in China. Food companies like Tyson Foods, or uh, I'm speculating, but most of these food companies package and can and everything, sure. they even... Make the food here, send it to China. I think Smithfield Pork is now owned by a Chinese company. So I, yeah, and they're all packaged right. in China, and all those places are closed. I don't even know why the entire country's closed, but it seems pretty much every city I look up is like on lockdown. Mm. And so that's what strikes me as a path to victory for if people are in the streets angry because they have no more money and they used to be solidly middle class, that's a danger, right? I see, right. So, and again, it's, there's no it's, it's strategy. A, it is absolutely a factor in, in the, what 
people, you know, what could happen and, and could change the dynamic. Of do, the election, do you think, sure. do you think Trump is, I mean, Trump must be aware that that's not only an issue for oh, yeah, policy, sure. but I mean, kind of everybody sort of downplays coronavirus because it's not really here. But, uh, and you know, again, I, I can't, I can't understand why the stock market is even, you know, I, and I'm usually always bullish on the stock market. Like I, people used to make fun of me during the financial crisis. Cause I'd go on CNBC when the, the Dow was down like a thousand points. And I'd be like, no, no, it's, it's a great time to buy now. Well, it always everyone was right. insane. Right. And, and yeah, the stock market was at all time highs a few days ago, but I think now it's starting to shake a little bit as people get a little nervous because because it, now it's in Italy right. and moving up and you know the the deputy health minister of Iran suddenly has coronavirus so people are seeing that no one's you know and and it's kind of common knowledge or not common knowledge but the few immunologists I've spoken to or or read about are saying everybody in the world will be exposed eventually no one's no one's safe from this so it just depends on what the real statistics are on who's exposed who's infected what's the real fatality rate we don't really know that at all but given that we don't know it and given that that globalization is so intense right now and, and it turns out we've been doing all of our manufacturing in China where this, which is in total lockdown, that's my one worry in just in terms of blood in the streets, which could affect anything. I, who knows what direction that could go? We'll see. Yeah, so we don't. We just don't know. You don't have no. Yeah, there's no. There's nothing you could do about it. No. So don't. You, you I mean, the only thing I'd say is go be proactive. Put it back on the Chinese that they're the ones that caused this, and then say this is why I'm trying to bring manufacturing jobs here. That would be the proactive play on the on the Trump side to get ahead of this before it's a reactive problem. Yeah. Make it a product doesn't mean you're going to win everything, but it's better than being on you know on defense the whole time too. So, so is there anything I'm missing here in terms of election questions? No, like I think uh, you know by March third, we'll have a lot of answers. Who's so March fourth? Who who's left standing on the Democrat side? You already said uh, certainly um, Sanders. You think maybe Biden will kind of just hold out for for whatever? Well, I think Biden's going to see how he does in Super Tuesday. So it, he'll drop out if it's an annihilation, which it looks like it would be right now. So I think it's Bloomberg. I think it's Bernie, and I think that'd be it. You see any chance for a third party like a Bloomberg Romney weird thing? I mean, no. I mean, Romney got did get whatever, 50 million votes and he hates Trump. Does do any of those people, ex voters of mm -hmm. Romney? No. So that's not a factor. No, I don't think it's a factor at all. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting come November. Yeah. I really think it'll be. And you think it's a blow right now, as it stands, you think it's a blowout Trump. Is this a Nixon McGovern kind of yeah. blowout or Reagan Mondale? If the kind of election were held today, <laughs> I think the president would get again, over 300 electoral votes. And I'm going by what the data is telling us right now. If I'm to add up the electoral math based on based on the polling data in some of these key states where, um, you know, it could swing either way. And you need 270 to win. 270. So, well, okay. Uh, will you come back after a few more around convention time? You should come back, or maybe in a month or two, just to yeah. kind of assess the 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 ruins of what's going on sure. all around. Yeah, you may be making fun of me. Uh but I think it's uh, I think I'm I think I'm Buddha on the right won the nomination. What were you doing? <laughs> Andrew Yang came back yeah. and pulled us all. Uh, he won fake. the right end. Andrew yeah. Yang won the right end. Uh all right, well Phil Stutz, campaign manager extraordinaire, that's what I'm gonna call you. Uh uh author of Fire Them Now and you have a book also also coming out next January or February. What's that gonna be called? Uh, it's called Undefeated, The Secret Formula That Elects Presidents and Will Grow Your Business Every Time. And by the way, what's interesting about you, Phil, always, I always get insights into the elections and I'm, I've, been, I've been reading 
books about the elect all the elections since since I was in fourth grade. I read right. Theodore uh, Ted White's books on the making of the president, nineteen sixty sixty four. Those were like, and then I then Dasher about Carter mm-hmm. and uh, and and so on. After that, oh, Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail sure. in seventy two, Hunter S. Thompson. But uh, thanks once again. And, oh, and the other thing is, we're going to do another podcast because yeah. you you take your campaign strategies, all this data profiling, and you've been the first person to translate that over and you help companies now use these same techniques and it's so innovative and it's amazing how much p- people who do your style of marketing know about us, right. like in terms of privacy and so on. Right. So we're going to do another podcast in a second about that. But thank you once again, Phil. Come back soon and, and update us because I always like this topic. Sounds good. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.